it seems like you've got the perfect offer. The mission aligns with your values. The problem space sounds challenging and exciting. The money is right. There's just one catch. You'll be on your own. A lone wolf designer. No team to guide you or support you. No mentors to keep you on track. Do you take the job? Well, that all depends. So stick around and we'll figure out if a lone wolf design gig is right for you. What's up, UX fam? How's your mom and them? Welcome to another episode of Beyond UX Design. I'm Jeremy. If you're new here, welcome to the show. I'm super stoked you're here. If you haven't done it already, please consider liking or subscribing or following the show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you are regular here and you feel like you're getting something out of the show, then I would really appreciate you leaving a five-star review. That'll help me out way more than you know. And of course, if you think this show is worth sharing, then I would love it if you told some friends. So you have this awesome offer. You're super stoked about the company and the product. The only problem? You will be the only designer among a sea of product and engineering teams. So do you take the role or do you pass? Well, it really all depends on you. This could be a fantastic opportunity for growth. It could also be a monumental disaster waiting to happen. And not just for you, but for all the users out there who are counting on you to deliver great features that solve all their problems. And when you put it that way, it does kind of give you pause. At least I hope it does. But what is a lone wolf design gig anyway? You may or may not have even heard that term before, but it's, it's essentially a solo design job. A design role where you are it. You're the only designer. You're the design operations team. You're the strategy team. You're the research team. You're the architect, the product designer, the visual designer, the design system team, the UX QA team. You're the interaction designer. You name it, that is you. It's basically a UX unicorn's dream come true. Specialists need not apply. It's pretty hard to generalize here because obviously every company is different. Every team is different. Every company's culture is different. So keep in mind that as we go through this, that what may or may not happen is really hard to say. And it all depends completely on who is there and what those teams expect and what the culture of the teams are. So that's it. There are a few general categories I think that we can lump sole designer, quote unquote, into. And this is really just a list that I came up with. So if you think there are more or if you think I'm wrong about any of this, please let me know on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear what you think about it. So first, there are what I call a design founder type roles. And these are generally found at startups pretty early on. The team's usually pretty small. You may or may not be the very first designer that anyone on the team has worked with. You may be taken over from somebody who couldn't handle the stress of that early stage startup or maybe the absolute very first design hire. And it's possible the people hiring you have, have worked with other designers in the past. It's also possible they have absolutely no idea what a designer should do. And there's really no way of knowing this without doing your homework and asking a lot of questions and all that other stuff we talk about all the time when it comes to hiring. How much experience these people have working with UX prior can drastically change your experience. And, and it's possible that they see the real value that a strong design practice can bring to their company. It's also possible that their advisory board just told them that they need a design team and they're begrudgingly, you know, going through with it, but they don't really want to. And these roles might be hard to come by. Usually you'll find them through word of mouth, maybe. It's most likely that you've been referred by somebody else, but you never know. You may come across roles like this posted on Indeed or another job site. Who knows? Generally speaking, these roles are not for junior designers. This role is one where you really need to understand design ops, design operations. 
you have to understand the process. You have to understand strategy. You need to leverage your leadership skills and manage expectations of the rest of the team to guide their roadmaps, their budgets, their plans, all those things. And you also need to be a talented visual designer who can work on things like design systems, prototypes, wireframes, maybe even logos, marketing materials, who knows. You have to be able to do the research and understand what is working, what is not, and pivot very fast. And the company, remember, is depending all on you. Or you need to be able to review and hire consultants that can do some of this execution work for you. And either way, this really should be a role that more senior designers with a lot of experience would take. Now, a lot of people listening to this show probably wouldn't fall into that more senior tenure level. So I don't think it's really worth spending a lot of time focusing on the founder role. It's more likely that the junior designers are coming across what I would call simply solo gigs or just a lone wolf gig. And these roles are usually found at smaller companies. Maybe they're startups, but they don't have to be. This could be B2B, could be B2C, who knows? They may have been around for a while doing their own thing with no designers. And they may have a marketing team who does traditional campaigns like billboards, ads, maybe social media. Maybe they have an e-commerce website that is really bad. Maybe they heard something about UX UI online and they decided that they needed to hire a designer. Or maybe somebody on the leadership team decided they need a mobile app for some reason. So they decided to hire a designer. So these roles are very different from the founder role because generally speaking, these are roles where you are looked at as more of an order taker first and foremost. You're not in charge. Now, of course, this is not 100% true across the board, but from the things that I've seen over the years and the people that I've talked to with similar experiences, these tend to be the types of jobs that you find online that say, you know, UX UI designer or full stack designer or something like that with a really generic job description. And it makes it sound like you'll be responsible for anything and everything. And what I've also seen over the years is that these types of roles are generally surrounded by teams with basically zero UX literacy. And this means that you will be spending more of your time fighting everybody, trying to prove your worth, than you might actually be doing UX work. And more often than not, these roles are expected to take whatever requirements have come down from upon high, not question them, and just make them look better, make them look pretty, shut up, don't ask any questions. We have it all figured out, we just hired you to make it look better. And I've seen people handed mock-ups by managers or internal stakeholders and just expected to hand over a polished design. And there usually isn't any opportunity for research. There's probably no opportunity for validation. You know, you get whatever information you get, and that's it. And the important thing to remember here is that for a lot of these jobs, solo does not equate to lead. You're probably not given the opportunity to lead much of anything in a lot of these roles. And the weird thing here is that the chances are good that no one will have any idea if you're doing anything wrong If you're doing it right, if you're doing it wrong, they will have no clue. So they'll likely love absolutely everything that you do. In this case, it's really important to watch out for the Dunning-Kruger effect and make sure you don't get a big head when really you don't know what you're doing. So the last type of design role is, is really somewhere in between the founder and the general solo role. You probably won't have the fancy title of the founder. You might have a little more say. You may have a seat at the table. You may be expected to make strategic decisions than expected to do the other general execution things that a UX team might do. So you may be expected to make more strategic decisions and then go and do all the other things like general execution that a UX team would normally do. And unfortunately, in this role, you'll still likely get pushback depending on the team, obviously. And since you're not at that more senior level as some of the other people in leadership, it's possible 
but you'll get a lot of pushback and still have to fight for what you think is right. So the thing to remember with these solo roles is that UX literacy and UX maturity of the company will be a huge factor in how much extra effort you need to put into this to get great products. And you may have to be constantly fighting. You may have an easier time if people know what they're doing. So again, it's really important in the interview to make sure you're finding these things out, do your homework, network with people who have worked there or people who currently work there and see what they have to say. So there are a few huge things to consider before you decide to take a job like this. The first is to ask yourself, do you actually have the necessary experience? And I would say this is one of the biggest items to consider if you're thinking about taking on a solo role. Can you actually do the job? Do you have the experience necessary to be successful? Have you done all of the things that you'll need to do as a solo designer? Have you done them before? Have you done them long enough to know what the right and the wrong ways of doing them are? And if someone tells you to do something and you know that it's wrong, will you be able to push back? Will you know how to push back? Are you really in a position to take this role? That's really the most important thing I would ask yourself. The next is ask yourself, what are your goals? Why are you considering a solo role? If you're ready for the founder gig and you have the experience and you think that a startup has pretty good odds of making it, and you might make a ton of money, then go for it. It likely would probably be a very great opportunity in that case. But if you're considering the other solo options where you won't be leading anything, and you probably won't have any equity, and where you'll be a design team of one, think long and hard about what you'll be getting out of this role. Right? Ask yourself some questions. What is in it for you? Will you be better off one year or two years down the road? Will you learn more on your own than you would if you were part of a larger, more mature team? Would you have the opportunity to shape the design practice or will you simply be an order taker? Now think about a solo gig at a small company, right? No design team, no mentors, nobody to help you along. It's all you. And maybe you read a book or you watched some videos on how to create a design system. Maybe you read a book or watched some videos on how to research or do validation or usability studies. And you can go out and do these things and you might do them well enough to get by. But think about where you will be in a year doing just okay, right? No feedback, no pointers, no tips on how to improve. Now think about where you would be in a year working with a team who can help you and make you better and show you where you need to improve and can help you get to where you need to be. So if your goal as a junior designer is to grow in your craft, Think about how much you'll be growing taking a solo gig before you're ready. The next is to ask yourself, what are the company's goals? And part of your job as a job seeker is to do your homework about the company that you're applying to. You shouldn't just be applying to any job. You could be committing a good amount of your blood, your sweat, your tears to this company if they were to give you an offer. You know, Think about why is the company hiring a solo designer in the first place? You need to figure this out. Why do they think they only need one designer? Why don't they have a larger team? How do they expect to use you? What do they expect your role to be? What decisions do they expect you to make? What would you be responsible for? Do they want to grow the team in the long term? Are they looking for a strong person to help with hiring more designers later? Do they want somebody to focus on strategy? Do they have other people making decisions and they just want a visual designer? Do they want an order taker? Are they just looking for a pixel pusher? The answer to these questions should have some impact on your decision to take this role. Do you want to be a pixel pusher? 
Do you want to say in the strategy? Do you think the company's goals align with your own goals? The last thing to think about here is, can this company really support you as you're learning your craft? What a company wants to do and whether or not it can do it are two very different things. So is the company willing to send you to training or conferences? Are they going to reimburse you for for certifications? If they pay for them outright, that's even better. Do you think the company's business model is valid? Do you think they'll actually make it? Do you think the company will even be around in a year or two? And if they've been around for a while and they're just growing their team, it might be worth getting a better understanding of how much support there is for growing the team. Is this something one executive wants to do, but's fighting internally with other executives that are against it? Or is this a random manager who's just going rogue trying to hire a designer, but doesn't have the broader support of the entire organization or the company in growing a design team in the first place? And this is where places like LinkedIn will come in handy. And I'd suggest reaching out to current and even past employees to get their thoughts on all this stuff, they would know much better than anybody else. And if they don't have any designers, try finding other people on the team, maybe product managers or software engineers, right? Search for past employees on LinkedIn. Send them a note and see what they have to say. Same as networking, like we talked about before. Send them a connection request and a note, let them know what you're trying to do, right? You're thinking about accepting an offer. If they agree to chat and they're a past employee, ask them why they left. Find out what the culture was like. Was it good? Was it bad? Did they like it? Did they not? Find out what the leadership style was like. Find out if the design team or the software team is is respected. Find out what type of environment you'd be getting yourself into. You can always ask these questions in an interview, but I think more often than not, I'd say you probably won't get an honest answer in an interview setting. I think reaching out to current and past employees on LinkedIn is, is probably the only way to really understand what it's really like. It's probably the only way that you'll get an honest answer, I think. So the point of this episode is is not to dissuade you from taking a solo design role. That is not the point. The point is to get you to just think about whether or not a solo role is right for you right now. So the first thing to think about when making this decision is how did you answer the considers section above? Thinking about all those things that we said to consider, if you weren't quite sure of any of those answers, I think a solo gig might not be right for you. And all things equal, you're likely better off taking a role with a larger team if any of those answers are ambiguous or you answer no to any of them. Having the safety net of other designers, all things equal, will likely be a better option for you in the long term than having nobody to support you at all. Think about your goals and whether taking this job is going to help you achieve any of those goals. And if they don't or you aren't sure, don't take it. Next, think about the UX maturity being very low. I can't stress this enough. UX maturity is generally pretty low across the board at most companies. Remember that the chances of you getting a job at a company that has very low UX maturity is unfortunately very high. Think about how these companies will be able to support you given the odds that they likely have a low UX maturity. Do your homework before accepting the job. See what kind of insights you can get to tell if this company will help you to grow or not. And remember. Generally speaking, most companies are low. If you can't prove that they are high, I would unfortunately assume most companies are relatively low. Next, ask yourself, are you really ready? If you're a junior designer who's considering taking one of these solo roles, I want you to think about an analogy. I want you to think about learning to do a backflip. You can go learn to do a backflip by reading a book or watching videos on YouTube. There's tons of them out there. Sure, you could go into your backyard and you can try to do a backflip all by yourself. And you might do it. You might also break your neck. (laughs) Or 
you could find a coach at a gym who knows how to do a backflip. And they probably have all the equipment to help you practice safely so you don't break your neck learning to do a backflip. Pools full of soft cushions or, or some kind of safety harness, right? The coach can show you how to angle your back. They can observe your posture and give you pointers on where to improve so you don't risk breaking your neck. And then you can practice in a safe environment and get it right. Then, once you get it right, you can go off on your own and do backflips all day long without having to worry about hurting yourself. So, are you ready to do the proverbial backflip in your backyard without all the safety equipment, or do you think you'll break your proverbial neck? Now, one other thing that I want you to keep in mind is that it isn't just your proverbial neck on the line taking the job if you aren't ready. Think about the users. Will they be better off a year from now if you're fumbling along, not sure of what you're doing? Will the company be better off a year from now if you're fumbling along, not sure of what you're doing? There really is a lot more at stake here than simply how better off you will be. Think about the position that you might be putting all of these other people on your team if you screw up because you weren't really sure of what you were doing. Don't be selfish and take a job just because it sounds good on paper. And lastly, I want you to avoid taking a job this simply because you're desperate and you need a paycheck. If you know deep down inside that this is not the right job for you, taking it only to get a paycheck and maybe to have some experience in your resume will not help you in the long run. If your goal is to get paid, there are likely a lot of other options out there where you can get paid, maybe even more, and you would be better off. Think about taking a job waiting tables or bartending. The money will probably be better than some really low-level UX solo gig at a small company who really doesn't know what they're doing. You'll probably learn a lot about humility. You'll learn a lot about humans and their behaviors. You might have flexible hours that will let you focus on freelance or take additional classes while you look for a full-time job. And you might think, but I want some hands-on experience. I want to at least learn something. And, And to that, I would say, yeah, maybe you might learn something, but you might also not learn anything. You might learn about what you don't want to do in your next role. You might learn what to avoid the next time around. But again, I'm not here to tell you not to take the job. I really just want you to think about these things and make your own decisions. I think you're probably a grown-up. Most of you out there are probably over 18 at least. I trust your judgment. You know what's best for you. And lastly, I want to talk about this concept of faking it till you make it. I really don't like this concept at all. I really don't. Firstly, because I think it's just dishonest. I think it risks your future career, putting you into a position where you can fail miserably and potentially burn bridges that you might need later. I know it doesn't seem like it, but the UX scene is a lot smaller than you think, especially now that jobs are fully remote. You're putting yourself in a position where those people that you work for, they might remember all that additional stress and anxiety that you caused them by not knowing how to do your job. So it doesn't help you. Second, you might be putting the company in jeopardy. They may have hired you without realizing that you couldn't do the work. And yes, this happens quite a bit. And yes, I do put a lot of blame on the company. But that said, this is still on you for taking the job that you weren't ready for. But the company could lose quite a bit of money releasing bad software because you weren't experienced enough to catch or direct or lead or whatever the role was. So while that's not 100% on you for taking the job, I think you're putting the company at risk here too. And lastly, you're playing around with the users. And I really don't like that. I really don't. Giving them bad software because you didn't know how to do research or validate or any of the other stuff that you weren't prepared to do properly is a really dishonest thing to do. So faking it till you make it is a really dangerous proposition. 
And I wouldn't want to see you put yourself in that position. So please think long and hard about whether you are truly ready for a solo role. And again, think about your goals. Is faking it going to make you better off years down the road? So you might be listening to all this and thinking, yeah, that doesn't apply to me. I I think I'm ready. And to that, I would say, hell yeah, way to go. I'm proud of you. But also think about some of these things before you go accepting that offer, right? Clear career goals. Having clear career goals and knowing that this opportunity aligns with those goals is maybe the biggest indicator as to whether or not this solo gig is right for you. A lot of these things that we talked about, you might say, don't take this job. But if this aligns with your goals and you are ready to assume some of those risks, then go for it. Next, if you're a generalist and you're willing to get your hands dirty into a lot of things, how much experience you have in the UX field should be one of the biggest things to consider whether this role is right for you. So if you're going to get your hands dirty doing a lot of stuff, a solo gig is definitely the domain of a generalist and hopefully one who has enough experience doing all of the things that you need to do to be able to excel on your own, right? Think about it. Do you have experience creating and standardizing processes? Do you have experience with both qualitative and quantitative research? Do you have experience creating maps or blueprints? Do you have experience with documenting? Do you have experience with design systems? Do you have experience with wireframing and prototyping? Do you have experience with validating or working with analytics and a lot of data? Do you have experience working with engineers and product teams? You don't necessarily have to be a master at these things, but it's important to at least know what you don't know so that you can, at the very least, go out and learn how to do the things well enough to get your job done effectively. And and also, too, think about this. In some scenarios, you probably won't be expected to do all of these things. You may get a budget to outsource some of this to consultants or freelancers, but it's important to know what duties you'll be expected to take on and make sure you really can do these things. The next is those leadership behaviors that we talked about a lot in the past. Those leadership behaviors in episode five are going to be critical here. You're going to have to lead, even though you'll be all by yourself, even if you don't have an official title as a leader. And your job will go beyond creating journey maps and beautiful wireframes. Your job will be to convince everybody around you to go along with your ideas. So remember, solo does not always equal lead, so you might get a lot of pushback. But if you can inspire and guide your team along that vision that you've got, I think you'll do great. The next is to think about your network. Do you have network to bounce ideas off of? And keep in mind that just because you're the only designer on your team doesn't mean that you won't have access to other designers through your network. And hopefully you've built up a network of other talented designers that you can use to bounce ideas off of. Remember that you should really be seeking out mentors or coaches to help you grow as a designer, no matter what skill level you're at. And regardless of if you're a solo designer or part of a larger team. I think having a mentor and a coach as a solo designer might be even more critical though, because you're going to need to double check yourself and make sure that you're making the right decisions. Remember, you won't have a design team to rely on, so make sure that you have a solid network if you want to take on this solo design role. The next is thriving in a VUCA environment. And this idea of thriving in a VUCA environment might be one of the most challenging things as a solo designer. And if you're not familiar with this idea of VUCA, it's an acronym that stands for Volatile, Uncertain, Complex, and Ambiguous. So these are scenarios where you won't get a lot of insight in a larger picture. You might be asked to deliver without a lot of information. You'll be asked to deliver with a lot of challenges or roadblocks in your way. Things might change at a moment's notice, and you're expected to pivot and keep going. So having a solid coach or mentor can help you navigate all these really difficult environments. But if this type of thing doesn't scare you away, a solo gig might be right for you. And lastly, 
you got to find a high UX maturity company. If the company has a high UX maturity, this could be a great opportunity. And this goes back to one of the things above to consider. Can the company support you? And I think if the company has a high UX maturity, the odds that they'll be able to help you grow is very high. Now, I would say consider that if a company has only one designer, there might be a good chance the maturity is not high. Otherwise, they would probably have more than one designer. But if the team is small and the culture is right, it could be a great growth opportunity. So maybe the last designer is leaving the team. It's a really great spot for you to swoop in and take over. Who knows? But I want to note, too, that, that this last piece, it might be rare, high maturity with a solo role, but I don't want to say it's impossible. So just please do your homework as best you can before jumping headfirst into this solo gig. So to wrap this up, a few things to keep in mind. There's a huge difference between design founder and solo designer. The solo does not necessarily equal lead. You might get a ton of pushback. You might spend a lot of time fighting for what you think is right. Think about some of these things before making the decision. Do you actually have the experience? What are your goals in getting this job? What are your career goals? Does this job align with those goals? What are the company's goals for this role? Do they align with yours? Can the company support you? Are they ready for a solo designer? And please don't try to fake it till you make it. You're risking your own career and you're playing around with the users if you do that. Please don't do that. Remember to take on a design role if you have enough experience and if you don't mind getting your hands dirty and a little bit of everything. And keep your network close. Find a great mentor or a coach and use them since you won't have anybody on your team at work. Well, all right, y'all, that's it for me for today. I hope to help to give you a little more insight into what a lone wolf design gig is and whether or not it's right for you. And I'm curious, if anybody out there has experience as a lone wolf designer, what was your experience like? Was it good? Was it bad? Did you feel like you learned a lot? Do you feel like you would have been better off working for a larger team or do you think it was worth the time? Or maybe it was about the same. I really want to hear from you. Let me know what you think on LinkedIn or shoot me an email at hello at beyonduxdesign.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you like what you heard today, don't forget to like or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you feel like you're getting something out of this, I would love it if you left a five-star review. That would help me out way more than you know. And of course, if you know someone who might find any of this stuff useful, why don't you tell a friend? Sign up for the newsletter and check out all our past episodes at beyonduxdesign.com. I hope you keep coming back for more great UX tips from Beyond UX Design. And until next time, remember, you're more than a designer because there's more to UX and design. I'll see you around. Take care, y'all.